Welcome to the Life on Repeat podcast with me, Laura Valancourt, licensed mental health counselor, geriatric mental health specialist, and dementia coach. I'm so happy that you found us. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm very excited to have a few really neat folks on today. We're going to talk about the Reimagining Dementia song that has come out. I'm going to let them talk a little bit more about that, but I wanted to introduce them first. So we have Wally joining us. Wally lives with dementia. He comes from a family that has been living with dementia for generations. He's a board member and group host for Dementia Alliance International. He is a co-founding member of Reimagining Dementia, a creative coalition for justice. He's an advocate for people with dementia who have a voice and to be included. So we also have Robin. Robin Gertine. Am I saying your name right, Robin? That'll do, Gloria. Okay, good. Thanks, Robin. <laughs> Robin is the song and video project manager for the Let's Reimagine campaign. That's what we're going to talk a lot about today. She's an artist and expressive arts therapist with over 20 years experience working with people who want to live creatively with their strengths and challenges. She is currently working with people living with dementia at the uh, Bitov Method. Bitov Method. Okay. A virtual arts-based program in Toronto. She is a co-creator of a dementia-friendly talk show series called The Good Conversations. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And then we have Pia Contos. Am, am I saying your name right, Pia? Yep, that's correct. Great. Pia, you're a senior scientist at KITE, Toronto, KITE. KITE, Toronto Rehabilitation Institute, University Health Network, and professor in the Dalalana. School of Public Health at the University of Toronto. Fantastic. Her work is focused on participatory art, theater, and film as innovative approaches to challenging stigma associated with dementia and to helping to create a more caring and inclusive society that values people living with dementia as equal citizens and that supports them to live the very best lives possible. Ah, I am so thrilled to get to meet with three amazing people. I was just saying before we hit record that I get so filled. I love to research. I love to meet people. I love to talk about dementia and the ways that we can improve people's experience and lives and get education out there to others. And I feel like I'm definitely with my people today. (laughs) So welcome. I wonder if you don't mind, if one of you might talk a little bit about the coalition, just so our listeners kind of get an idea of what is Reimagining Dementia Coalition about? Yeah, that'll lead us off. Sure, I can start. So the coalition is an international group of dementia activists, including people living with dementia, family members, professionals, artists, researchers, policymakers, and so many others all of whom share a vision of life, of care and support that promotes inclusion, relational caring, creativity, joy, and the possibility of growth for everyone living with and who are impacted by dementia. 
The coalition launched during the pandemic. This was really triggered by a very deep concern about the disproportionate impact of COVID on residential long-term care and, and people living with dementia, and also the, the long-standing injustices that people living with dementia and family carers face. Thank you so much. I'm very new to the coalition, and so I'm still learning a lot about it myself, but this description just really highlights to me the importance of educating, of getting the knowledge out to so many people. And and I love the inclusive vibe, you know, the inclusive intention of of the coalition. And I didn't realize as well that part of the background was bringing awareness during the pandemic and how folks with memory impairment or what, what their experience and their family's experience has been. So that makes it even more important, I think. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really where it started because of really a, a concern, too, about the way that stigma was absent from so many analyses of the impact that COVID was having. So there was very little discussion about stigma. And I think collectively that that is a concern that we all share. So, yeah, absolutely. But we're all seeing it. We've all seen it. Yeah. This is fantastic. Thank you. Can, do you mind? I like to ask folks when they come on the podcast, just because it's such a personal experience, such a personal journey for so many folks. I'm really curious for each of you, how have you been personally impacted by dementia in your life? And by the way, listeners, I just wanted to make sure you knew that was Pia talking. And uh, maybe we can start with Robin and, and you can just share how dementia has impacted your life? For sure. Thanks, Laura. You know, when I think about it, everybody is, as you said before, we pressed record that when you get a group of people in the dementia community together, whether they're artists, policymakers, academics, you do get a sense of community, of of having, if you're like-minded, a sense that you're at the table with your people, as you said, Laura, And it's because we all have backstories. So it's not surprising to hear when I tell you that I have family members who have lived with dementia. I have dear friends whose parents have lived with dementia. And then in my professional life, I've been impacted greatly by being in relationship with people living with dementia. I have found them to be admirable in any arena, on any stage, they are through their personhood and their agency, making me constantly want to be a better person myself, to be more mindful and present and creative uh, and dedicated to learning myself. So I see them as role role models. Um, Yeah, that's my, that's my, (laughs) my story. Thank you. Yeah. How about you, Wally? Well, when I was at the doctor's office and they finally figured out that I had uh, at the time, which since then uh, my diagnosis has been changed, but they told me you have Alzheimer's and this is a doctor I knew real well, very, very personal guy as far as I was concerned. But he basically looked at Pat and I and said, you have Alzheimer's, you have probably four years to live. You need to go home, get your affairs in order. I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do for you. 
and uh, goodbye and God bless. I mean, that's not his exact words, but that was fundamentally what I heard, okay? Yeah. And of course, the minute I heard those words, my whole world shifted, as did my wife's, and even as did the doctor's, because he wanted to cure people, and he he's a very good doctor, and it's very difficult for somebody to tell somebody that you're in big trouble, and there's nothing I can do. That's not what your role is supposed to be. And so when we left there, you know, my wife looked at me and said, well, that was, uh, wow, what do you think? And I go, I, I don't know what to think. And over the next few days, weeks, and months, I became more and more disconnected from people. And uh, I, I quit my job on the school board and started planning, you know, maybe, uh, you know, how I could exit gracefully and all these other horrible thoughts and you know i just was adrift and very depressed and bummed out and uh, you know i uh, I, uh, my wife god bless her said we need to go down to the alzheimer's association get you in a group and get me in a group and she had just got done dealing with my father who lived to be 88 but he started having symptoms the same time i did and at 61 62 and, you know, he had lived with us for a while with dementia. So she was a caregiver and provider for him. And I had been a caregiver and provider for my wife when she got really ill. So we've all been kind of these different roles and stuff. And I was digging a hole and pulling a rock over my head. That was my idea of how to deal with it. Hide out. When I got called from the local newspaper asking me, you know, why did you quit the school board? And they're thinking there's something juicy going on. I go, hey, I'm sick. I do not want to talk about it please leave me alone because yeah. I was deeply ashamed of what I'd just been told. Yeah. Now, as I look back at that, I think that that was rather silly, but I also think it's rather normal. I do. I mean, it's rather normal, right? So you yeah. go down to the Alzheimer's association, you sit in a group with a bunch of other people been diagnosed and there's a lady kind of talking to you and that sort of started breaking the ice. Then I got involved with DAI, Dementia Alliance International. I got in some groups where you're dealing with only people who have dementia. And you start saying stuff, you know, back and forth. And there's a uh, there's a quote about I think it's C.S. Lewis that said the the fastest way to a friendship is to you know this conversation of what you two. I thought I was the only one. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's with this you find out that hey, you know, everybody's different. You don't know how long anything's going to be. Everybody comes from a different point in life, but we're all having shared experiences. And that's what started creating a bond. And that's what got me interested in, you know, why am I reacting the way I am? What can I do to help other people in the future not react this way? As I came out of my shell and learned that I can just, I talk about it. And I don't walk around with a big badge on my shirt saying, hey, I got dementia, but I'm not ashamed of it anymore. And I can incorporate it in a conversation and do okay. And luckily for me, my problems are executive functioning. I got decent verbal skills. Just don't ask me to do any math or sign a contract or read something for you because, uh, you know, in, it's other than, you know, Tom Clancy novel because I can't do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, I, so, I, so in all of this pile of stuff that I'm doing, I was asked to join up with some people to do some theater down in San Francisco that got canceled because of COVID. Then I got contacted again to say, hey, we're forming this group, Reimagining Dementia or the Joy of Dementia, which that was a phrase I coincidentally used myself just a few months earlier when I was describing to somebody who had just been diagnosed what it's really like. 
And I said, sign me up. I want to be part of this. This is, this is, I'm absolutely interested in it. And uh, that's how I got involved with this journey with all these wonderful people. And I think I answered your question. <laughs> no. I'm not sure. Wally, don't ask you. me what I just said. I don't remember anymore. We're recording it. <laughs> no, I really, what, what I, I got so much out of what you talked about. And one of the, a couple of things that are highlighted there is the stigma that folks experience and you don't realize it till you're in it, whether that's as a family member or a person who's living with dementia. But you also talked a little bit about the fact that you knew really well what, I mean, you were familiar with this because of your own role as a caregiver, your own father's um, experience with dementia. And yeah, and then the last piece that I'm excited to get into too is the shifting of your mind to, and, and Robin, you talked about this too, the creativity and curiosity that can come that reframes the experience. But Pia, can you share with us what your experience has been, your personal experience has been with dementia? Sure. So I think, you know, I can trace my interest in dementia back to when I was a a young girl and and would visit my great-grandmother who lived with dementia in a residential long-term care home. And I just, I remember loving to spend time with her and, um, but I always found it to be curious and and also upsetting that she would be treated by the staff there as though she wasn't there. And in my visits with her, you know, there was always somebody to encounter, somebody to connect with, and somebody to know. And so, so I found that upsetting, and but curious, and didn't really understand it. It didn't really make sense to me. I was very young. And so I, I really attribute my interest in dementia and my interest in challenging stigma to those observations of mine at a, at a very early age. And, you know, I've committed my career to working with and learning from people living with dementia and have found this work to be incredibly rewarding, you know, to participate in this collective activist work. It's just so inspiring and so hopeful. Thank you so much. I'm I'm just so touched. And it's just clear that people that I meet that are drawn to this um, work, I'm using work with quotes here <laughs> because it does it feeds, it can feed our spirit so much. So let's let's jump in. I'm really interested to hear a little bit about. I wonder if if one of you can talk about the song and it's more than just a song too. And so I apologize because I'm not introducing it very well, but I'll, I'll leave that to one of you to explain that to our listeners and, and myself. Oh, okay. I'll jump in. <laughs> Thanks Robin. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> Everybody jump in too, because this has been the product of a beautiful village. As you're noting this community that's all come together. This is really the one of the pillars of the coalition of reimagining dementia is collaboration. We're all about that. And using creativity to create change, to shift a tragedy narrative. And so it was always the idea of the founding members of the coalition. It was always their hope to create some kind of art piece that could galvanize and unite people to begin to do better. 
And so the idea was to create a song. We knew it had to be catchy. We knew it had to convey all kinds of ideas, both simple and very complex. We knew that we were collaborating with people coming from all different walks of life and lived experience. And we knew, first and foremost, that we had to be led by people living with dementia. So initially, it started off with many gatherings through the wonder of Zoom, where members of the coalition would begin and talk in large groups, in breakout groups, month after month, creating key words and phrases and imagery that was meaningful. We had to determine as a group with all of our different experiences, what did we want the world to know? And what was the call to action? And so that was months and months of really careful, mindful, and I'm going to say incredibly joyful coming together. There was a tremendous amount of laughter and play in thinking about and contemplating hearing each other. So that was very moving. And then the next phase was that a group of artists got together to begin trying to synchronize all of these disparate parts and to try to begin the process of creating a melody and a tagline and maybe a chant and so forth. And I think that one of the key moves that I'm really proud about is that we were able to recruit Simon Law, who I have the privilege of calling a colleague in my work with people living with dementia. I knew him and trusted him. And I knew his, he was totally on the same wavelength with everyone on the coalition. And so I brought him over to the coalition. He met with our founding members and he was in from the get-go. And it was really as simple as, uh, and as organic as Simon recorded just a little phrase, a little, how did he put it? Just a little jam. And he emailed it to us, just to maybe four or five people. And in my memory, I got really excited right away because it it was cool (laughs) and it was hip and it was energetic and not like anything else that I'd heard being used in the dementia community. And it was just really juicy. (laughs) I can use that word. Yeah. The small group of leads in the songwriting process started sending each other words, phrases, and little fragments of melody. And then we got together in a more orderly fashion to compare notes, to play back what we were sharing. And then we brought that phase back to the larger membership for reaction and honing and so forth. And it was fascinating, wasn't it, Pia? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, gosh, Robin, you speak so beautifully about the process. Maybe I can just pick up on a couple of points you've, you've raised and just to echo, particularly the inclusive piece. The process, as, as Robin said, was really informed by a key principle of our coalition, which is genuine inclusion. We always in our gatherings with coalition members actively solicit and facilitate you know, the contributions of people living with dementia and their care partners. We really believe that their perspectives and goals need to be at the forefront of any social action plan that's aimed at bettering the world for them. And so this project really was no different. 
in that people living with dementia were a part of every stage of development of the song, beginning, as Robin said, with discussions about what does reimagining dementia mean and what do people living with dementia want to convey to the world about that? And this, of course, included their experiences of prejudice and discrimination, but also the change that they feel is, is really needed. So all of that ended up as contributing to the, the lyrics. People living with dementia recorded, you know, participated in the recording of the song, contributed to the video, which we'll talk about. It really was such a beautifully inclusive and collaborative project. I love what you said, Pia, and it was really when you're composing a song, it is unusual to com- create art by consensus. <laughs> and so that was that was fascinating as a creative to try to consolidate in a way that wouldn't be lecturing, wouldn't be boring, wouldn't be too on the nose as we often said to each other. And so it had to have poetry. It had to have a clear call to action, but it also had to be poetic. It had to live as a piece of art. Mm-hmm. And that I think was the thing that many of us, I want to give a shout out to our other lead singers. So Pia, Bob Dylan, Contas was uh, <laughs> one of our leads. I, I, I loved collaborating with Pia. Simon was the head chef in this beautiful stew. And then our other lead songwriters that I had the privilege of working with was Holly Marlin from the UK, Taylor Curda, and Sherry Dupuy. And so artists, academics, all of us with really deep and wide commitment, but always being led by the folks who have the lived experience because this project would be nothing without, without them. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I'm, I'm excited. So we'll be playing the song as well on the on the show. And I just love hearing everybody talk about the process. I can only imagine. But, well, let me first ask, how many people, do you have any idea how many people are in the coalition or were at that time? 600 plus members <laughs> yeah, from around the world. From around the world, 600 plus members from around the world gathering on Zoom and breaking out into rooms and brainstorming. I mean, I'm just the visualization of all of that energy, all of each individual person's experience brought into a shared space like that. And and it's almost like you just this long process that you describe of teasing out the essence of the message of the experience. What an incredible, just gives me chills, you know, to think about this whole process that you went through. And then uh, I have to say too, uh, you know, listening to the song, you're right, Robin, there is, you know, I think about the, like the cancer community years ago, how nobody wanted to talk about cancer. It was just the, the thing that nobody wanted to look at, nobody wanted to talk about. And then there was a movement of embracing it and educating people about it and being empowered with, you know, connecting with folks. And, and this is what, this is the same, it feels like this is time for folks who are living with dementia and families who are living with dementia that Wally, you spoke a little bit about that stigma and how 
that was your initial reaction and how you had to really consciously overcome that and what a model that is for others. And we're in this creative time right now where we're moving through that. And this coalition clearly is at the forefront or at least playing a huge part throughout the world. So this song, I'm wondering how, well, Robin, you had talked about, you had mentioned the call to action. Can you sum up in a, is it easy to sum up? What, what is the call to action for this song? What, what can um, our listeners take from this conversation about the call to action? Well, I think we can all, Pia and Wally will join me because that's a, it's a big question, but specifically we hope that people will listen and like the song. We'll share it, not just with friends and family, but maybe with other local communities and perhaps consider making it their own. We've got on the Reimagining Dementia website, you can hear the song, you can see the video. And in addition, we have resources to help if you're so inclined to make the song or the video your own. We encourage people to personalize this so that it becomes part of their own lived experience. Uh, We have people who are now playing the video or the song before seated yoga classes for people living with dementia. We have people who are playing the video now to introduce educational conferences about dementia. Um, So those are, are two ideas of call to action. The idea is listen, consider, think, and every single one of us can do better in our words and in our actions and our attitudes. You know, just bringing up the creativity piece, Wally, I was, I wanted to ask because you had mentioned something before we were recording about that this really isn't just a song, that this is a whole experience. So Wally, I'm wondering if you could share the importance of the visuals that were used uh, in the video. I'm thinking of it like if you were trying to, a great movie that you love and you're telling somebody about it and you're describing the story and you're playing the music from the movie and you're playing some of the words. But meanwhile, there's all these other things going on in the background that they obviously can't see because you're not showing them the movie. They're only getting part of the story. And really to get the story, because this song is not... It's a song, but it really, with once the video is added, it's more of a story because there's lots of activities going on. And you can describe a Monet, but until you've seen one, you don't know what it is. Maybe I could add to, to what Robin was saying before about the, the, the call to action and what we're hoping to achieve, you know, with this song. I think Absolutely. We're wanting everyone to sing this and we want everyone to share this with others. And as Robin said, to make it their own. And that I think that what we're hoping is that in this process, we build momentum, momentum to challenge stigma. You know, we're really hoping that this goes a long way to shift the conversation about dementia, you know, as Robin was saying, from tragedy to possibilities to and to inspire new possibilities and to build alliances with other individuals and organizations that are equally committed you know to help people to or just to help create a, a society that values people living with dementia and values supporting them to live well so i you know with with all that the song represents and conveys it really is our hope that it gives 
promise to the rest of the world of how things could be and really encourages everyone to reimagine dementia. Beautiful. It's easy to sit and think, I can't be part of this. It's easy to dismiss these kinds of things and say, this isn't who I am. Nothing could be further than where I am today (laughs) and where I was six years ago. I never saw this as a role for me. Okay. And I think that, you know, when you, when you look at people who are diagnosed and they come in to this kind of a, what seems like a nightmare at first, and then you find out that it also, you know, there's a lot of joy that can be found and had. And we want people to come in and feel comfortable. Your story is important to the quilting and framework of who we all are. And when the song starts, it talks about the trees in the forest, which I think that was Robin that brought that to the song. But, you know, I think about when you go into the, we, I live in the redwoods and you open these giant redwood forests and there's huge standing trees. There's old trees that fell over that are creating growth for new trees. There's, you know, there's, there's this melange of all kinds of colors and growths and bent over and majestic and, but it forms this beautiful beautiful picture and that's what we need we need the voices of those who are going through these things we need you to share your heart and soul we need the care providers to talk about what they're going through we need the doctors and the healthcare professionals that are facing you know their own internal struggles when they have to tell somebody whether it's cancer or whatever else that there's no hope left and how horrifying that is but on the other hand how much grace there is in that particular moment when they share that with somebody what a difference they can make in whatever amount of life's left in how they share that story and how they personalize this communication with somebody and let them know that there's still hope, there's still faith, there's still love, there's still beauty, there's still awe. And so when I look at reimagining dementia, I, I see a group, and I've given this example before, but now I don't want to be on the front porch talking to you or in the living room talking to you. I want you to come into the kitchen And let's sit down and drink some coffee and talk about our lives and our goals. And there's still a lot you can do. There's still a lot you can do no matter where you are. And I know there's a lot of despair in people's hearts, but there's still hope out there. And if you come to a group that's positive and has good energy, which this group has, and a lot of laughter and a lot of caring, I think you're going to find a place you can call home. And that's what I want for everybody that's out there to come home. Wally. That's where we do the mic drop, Wally. That's right. I oh, think it's done. <laughs> I think you said so it all. <laughs> oh, beautifully, beautifully said, Wally. Yeah, absolutely. And and I just want to highlight, you know, it's just the four of us talking right now on Zoom and, you know, whatever time it is. There are people that are going to listen to this, whether it's on Monday when it releases or next week, next month, next year, that message is getting to the people that need it. Like I I just truly trust that if you're listening to this right now, you need to hear this. And it sounds like, I mean, again, I'm just brand new to this coalition and I have just been welcomed with open arms and I'm meeting people from all over the world. Like I said, I feel like I've found my people And Wally, just you sharing your experience, I know people are going to feel the same. 
So thank you so much, really, from the bottom of my heart, all of you, uh, the three of you for coming on. And I want to make sure that we didn't miss anything that you feel would be really important for folks to, to hear. Maybe just your listeners might be interested to know where the inspiration for the song came from, which originally was from one of the coalition gatherings that we host several times each year, where we invited everyone to participate in an activity called One Minute Show and Tell. I think Wally actually named the activity. It's a one minute sharing of who you are, what you might already be doing to reimagine dementia or, or how you hope to reimagine dementia. And, you know, while this didn't have to be a creative performance, so many of the show and tells were. And I mean, no doubt, because one of the things that makes the coalition unique is, is our belief in the power of the arts to challenge stigma and inspire, you know, new ways of thinking about dementia. But one of the show and tells that was particularly memorable was performed by one of our founding members living with dementia, Phyllis Fair, who wrote a poem that she rapped with her grandson to music. And it was so powerful. It went viral when she posted it on YouTube. But there were other songs too that were really moving, beautiful, and so creative. And so these one minute performances really inspired us to explore how we could use song to collectively convey the commitments of the coalition and to inspire the, the change that we we also deeply feel is needed. Yeah, in the spirit of transparency, when you hear the song, we didn't feel, you'll see it in the credits if you watch the video, but what is very moving to know when you listen to the song is that the majority of the soloists are people living with dementia. So our own Wally Cox, Brian LeBlanc, Terry Montgomery, stunning voices, beautiful artists, and people with the lived experience leading us. And then there's a chorus of literally hundreds of people from all different walks of life. And also with a worldview, we've got some spoken word Hindi and Punjabi voices speaking about the joy of coming, the possibility of coming together and doing better and uniting and we've also got some spoken word artists in there. Again, more people living with dementia. Pia mentioned Phyllis Verb. Simon and I interviewed Phyllis and Bernie Godino and Michael Belleville, some of the uh, founding members of the coalition. Um, and although Bernie, Bernie is not living with dementia, she has a partner who's living with dementia, but the, the other folks are dementia advocates. And we interviewed them and took out some of the most moving things that they were sharing about their lived experience and inserted them into the song. So there is poetry and a lot of symbolism from nature. There are um, stark spoken sentences demanding that we do better. There is chanting, there are children's voices, there are world voices in there. So it's a quite an immersive experience. And then with the video, if it's okay to share, we called for all of our members and really anyone who wanted to contribute to bring forward their personal photos, home videos, artwork, signage of people living with dementia, how they were living, what they wanted the world to know. 
And that was a whole extraordinary process of getting, you know, individual emails coming in from all over the place. And some of that artwork, as much as we could, went into the video itself. And then we're creating a whole gallery where the rest of those contributions that we're still getting actually can live on the Reimagining Dementia website. Um, one last thing that I want to say is if you're curious about our work, if you're curious and feeling isolated at all, we encourage you at no cost, come on to the Reimagining Dementia website, have a listen, watch our video, look at the things that we're doing, and consider becoming a member totally free. Well, and I have to say, again, I've only been to a couple of the meetings and I'm just blown away at the sense of community that has been created. And it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's actually, I can see when you were talking about how playful and how many laughs, like there is a lot of life in this group. So that's just been my short experience uh, so far, but I wanted to share oh. that with others. Well, we share that experience. Uh, we really do, Laura. It, it's been, it is such an inspiration to work with so many passionate and committed individuals to have developed such wonderful relationships with culture change activists from around the world, working so closely with people living with dementia. It really has deepened my own commitment to fighting stigma and helping to to affect change it it really has it's left me with such immense gratitude to our coalition members for sharing this commitment and for working so tirelessly to help bring this change to fruition it's been an enormous amount of work and essentially off the the sides of our desks so i i feel really immense gratitude for for that commitment Wonderful. Well, we, the rest of us are appreciating that, that and, and really respecting that level of commitment too. So, well, thank you so much, everyone. Maybe Robin, do you mind real quick? What, what is the website where people can go find out more? For sure. www.reimaginingdementia.com. Fantastic. Oh. Every day of your life is a choice every day you choose the path you're going to be on make the right choice live a great life be happy for what you have come and join us you and i are like trees in the forest Joy in the sunshine, bow and bend with the rain. Our roots grow together. We are, we are like birds of a feather. You lead, then I lead, we get there together. You hear my song, you sing along and we
And there's nothing more devastating than when you go, you get your results, and the doctor no longer talks to you. Because I want to see a, 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 a difference of attitude coming out from the world out there. you enjoyed this episode if you have comments or would like to send us a message you can send it to info at lifeonrepeatpodcast.com 
please also consider following us at Life on Repeat Podcast, either on Instagram or Facebook. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute, nor is it meant to convey professional, legal, psychological, financial, or medical advice. If you can use such services, please seek them out from someone you trust.